Welcome back to Tyler Rocky and Shane Orley. We're back on ESPN Chicago. Rivalry week in college basketball. You've got, of course, Duke and North Carolina. You also have Tennessee and Kentucky. Both of those top 10 matchups should be a great weekend of college basketball. You've got a bunch of top 10s today, three, and then you get another one tomorrow. So if you're looking for a little, I don't know what to do with my Sunday. Well, you've got Purdue and Wisconsin, number two versus number six in the country at the Kohl Center up in Madison. How about Wisconsin, by the way? I mean, that's what that this is the beauty of the transfer portal. You go out, you get a guy like AJ Store, you're a team that a year ago was offensively inept, and then you go out and get a scorer, and it makes a world of a difference. I, I liken it a little now their defense isn't as good this year as it was last year, but I liken it there. I almost see them as a poor man's version of Tennessee. Tennessee did something very similar, where they were a great defensive team last year, but they couldn't find a bucket anywhere. Now you go out and get Dalton Connect, who has come in, and in any other year, any other year, is the front runner to be the Naismith Player of the Year. He's having a fantastic season for Tennessee. And he has gone out and given them and, and injected some life into their offense, and it seems like everything works because of him. Yeah, those two programs are, very, I think, in a very similar situation. Tennessee, much better defensively, though. It's just, once again, like it's the same thing with college football. It's now with college basketball. The teams that can capitalize the best on the transfer portal and go out and just get the piece that they need, that's the new landscape of these sports. Wisconsin did a great job of it. In a Big Ten, that is an unmitigated disaster. I mean, th- this Big Ten is... I know, I know people are crapping on the ACC and saying, oh, three-bit league, three-bit. The ACC would smoke this conference. Dude, the Big Ten this year, and it's a conference that, like, historically, at least the last 10 years, I've been saying it might be the best basketball conference in the country. They just kill each other with the elongated conference I, schedule, yeah. all these things. And then in the tournament, they flame out because they've played, like, a brutal gauntlet. This year, this is it's an embarrassment. This year, it's pathetic. I mean, Michigan State preseason top five. How about five hundred in conference? Yeah, and With some odd losses this year. I'm sorry too. Like when you're, I don't think anybody's going to debate Big Ten basketball. Michigan State, kind of the banner carrier of the last twenty years. When Always you spend, in the tournament. Yeah. when you spend three years now, three years running, and you're. A game under 500 in conference over a three-year span, you're a joke. This conference has just become a joke. It, it really has. And I, I feel like it's the same way in football, too. Like, we know Ohio, and, and I know Michigan won this year. But outside of this year, like, Ohio State is really the only program that can truly contend like, Ohio State will be back near the mountaintop next year. Transfer portal, you. Transfer portal, the fact that you're bringing back kids who are supposed to be first-round picks. And I, kids, I mean plural, kids that are coming back that were supposed to be first-round picks in this year's NFL draft. I just look at, like, Ohio State gets the dudes on the football side. And basketball-wise, like, 
Michigan State's gotten some of the five stars, but it's slim pickings outside of that in terms of who. Now, Rutgers, all of a sudden, like for this upcoming year, not this season, but next season, they've got a couple of McDonald's All-Americans coming in out of nowhere. But this is not a conference that's been conducive to getting these big names. Now, you are going to be adding USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington. I think that's going to help a little bit, but... I need you to do the people a service, too, because this is the new Big Ten. We're getting these new teams. What the F happened to USC? USC basketball? Yeah. Start of the season. Injuries. Huge expectations. I mean, they're terrible. If you're parachuting in today and you haven't paid attention since the preseason, you would expect USC to be one of the better teams in America. They're a disaster. USC has dealt with injuries. They had the projected number one overall pick in this year's NBA draft, Isaiah Collier. He's been on the shelf for a while now. That obviously hurts you a lot. Boogie Ellis has dealt with injuries as well. I know the only player that anyone knows on USC is Bronny James. He's not good. I I think he's actually been solid. He's he's outperformed my expectations for him. I I get he comes in as a five-star. He ain't a five-star, all right? He's a five-star in name only. He's a three-star with a good last name. But he's actually done, like, it's funny because he's kind of been like this Draymond Green type player for them where he's he can kind of do a little bit of everything. He's not great at anything, but he, he kind of can be this whatever you need for me, this kind of chameleon player where whatever you need him to do, he'll do it. Play defense. He'll hit a big three for you. He, he can... He can do a little facilitate. He can do a little bit of everything. Like you can tell he's from a high IQ basketball family with the way that he plays. Do you think he goes in the draft? I think he does just by name. I don't think he's a first rounder. Then you shouldn't go in the draft. (laughs) If you're not a first round pick, you should go back to school. But he wants to play with his dad. Right. And this is probably the the best way to do it is to, to go out after this season. But yeah, I mean, USC is, is kind of all over the place. But I, I'd imagine they'll be better at the end of the year. Once Collier gets back, we'll see. But they're not going to make the tournament, are they? I mean, the Pac-12 is They'd abysmal. have to win the Pac-12 tournament. Which they could. They could do. They have one of the best guards in the conference with, with Boogie Ellis. Like, they could do that. Um, just because I don't think the Pac-12 is very good. Like Arizona, you bring them out of their their home and they're a disaster. Like it, on the road, they look terrible. like they look like. I mean, and it's been two years of this now, too. Listen, don't get me wrong; they can go toe to toe with the best in the country. They played a great game against Purdue and lost. You went on the road, beat Duke. Like you can do it. We've seen it at times, but it's just so inconsistent. Are we trusting Purdue this year? Yeah, I'm. I'm starting to talk myself into this. Is the Virginia arc they're on? Oh, stop. I can't. They the guard play is just not there for me. Like I need it to at least Virginia had way great better, guards. Though. It's been better, but there, the last year it was two freshmen. That's a that's a recipe for disaster. If you can't do it the Jaden Ivy year, I don't know if I'm ever ready to believe in you. And they're still so Edie heavy. And I get now Edie finally is a positive efficiency player. Finally, like all of the advanced stuff is adding up to the eye test. He's this excellent player this year. Maybe it's the year, but. Like, how many times have you and I talked about a team that wants to live through a big man in the tournament is just going to get aced out? Oh, yeah, it's it's the Big Ten model, and it's been broken for years. But I think the way that their guards have played, 
I think that is what takes them over the top and what separates them from last year. And listen, tomorrow's going to be a fantastic test for them. Going into Madison, going to be a rowdy environment there. Number six versus number two. Let's see what it looks like on the road with you for for that big-time environment there. And listen, they went down to Maui and were fantastic. They got wins against Gonzaga, who I don't think is very good. They beat Tennessee. They beat Marquette, who are both legitimate teams. And then in the Big Ten, like you, you've you taken care of the business against the teams that matter. Like You lost to Northwestern. You lost to Nebraska. But to me, I don't think those are teams that genuinely matter in the scheme of things. When you've gone up against the best of the best, you also beat Arizona as well this year. You beat Alabama. Like Your wins this year are head-to-head against anybody in the entire country. Yeah. And they went out and challenged themselves this, this year. And you're seeing the fruits of it now. And I think... This is a team that is, I think, has a pretty good inside track at a one seed right now. And the Edie factor, whether you like it or not, and I know Chris Collins is one that does not like it, he's going to get foul calls. There is just no good way to guard him. He is the Shaq of college basketball. And guess what? He hits his free throws at a much better clip than Shaq did. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for any team that's going up against this team. I'm just never going to trust him again, I don't think. I, I can't trust them again. And if they win the title, good. Tip the cap. Say, well done. Finally won the Big Ten a national title. <laughs> Not that that's something I care about. T- help me with my team. Michigan State. Tell what me we're not happen? making the tournament. I don't want... No, you know what needs to Where's happen? bracket matrix have you right now? This is what needs to happen. We need to miss the tournament and Izzo has to retire. That's it. They're never going to fire him. I'm never going to get the it's a mutual parting ways. Retire. But if you miss the tournament, bye. The door's right there, pal. I'm where you are with or where you were with mm-hmm. Bayheim a year ago. Miss the tournament. I don't even want you to make it. Here's the thing though, with with Izzo, I think it has gotten to he's like just been so I mean, they've made the tournament now for what, twenty years in a row? Yeah. Like he ain't he ain't going out a loser. Like he's good enough to get into the tournament. Right now, Bracket Matrix, which is just a composite that takes every bracketologist out there, gets you the composite seed of all of them. They have a hundred or they have eighty-five brackets that they go off of. Michigan State right now is in eighty-two brackets, and they are a nine-seed compositely. BS. See, this is why the seeding is stupid too. Like, just because you're a Big Ten team, you get handed a top ten seed. Michigan State, if there were any justice in the world, would be a 16 seed. Go get flattened. <laughs> Go play Purdue. Go play whoever. Get killed. And put it to rest. I mean, Nine seed? Tyler, they're 5-5 five and five in conference. But you look across the, across the conferences, like, you see 8-10 and 10 get into, into the tournament. I don't think there's, like... 500 gets you in in most power conferences. They, I would like them to miss. I wish, that they, miss. I wish I hope that they miss the tournament. I just BS. This is supposed to be the best. This was supposed, this was to, supposed be, to be a really good team. This was supposed to be my fun. This was supposed to be my enjoyment. My sports life was hell. And I had this to look forward to. I was promised a good time. This is like. A little too colorful. I'm not going to use the reference I was going to go for. I was pro- I was promised a good night, and instead I'm getting slapped in the face every time. 
you know, we do have, like, in the Big Ten, like, I don't know if we're going to see it this year with, with like, them actually get shut up. But, like, at some point, I think the, the committee needs to put their foot down. Like No it, more it 10 gotten, teams in. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The, the conference that deserves it is, and I'm not saying they deserve 10 necessarily, but the conference that deserves, like, the overload is... The Big 12. The Big 12 right now has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight ranked teams. Eight. And. Yeah, like, that doesn't include Kansas w- State, who might be really good. That doesn't mm-hmm. include UCF, who's had a couple big wins this yeah, season. Maybe Kansas this year. Like, I. I, I think Texas, good team. Texas is solid. They've been a little underwhelming, but, like, yeah, I mean, this Big 12 will probably get nine, at least nine teams in, I would say. Shout out Houston, by the way. Big game for them. Going into the Big 12, and maybe a little drop-off, real competition, and instead they're the best team in the Big 12 yeah. and one of the best teams in America. It, and they, I they hope the that they win the national title. They're the best team in the best conference right now. Best team in the best conference. They're, the, they're 6-2, and two in the big, and, and today's a, a great test. They're going into the fog. And that was one of the things I was worried about because you've got to remember what the Big 12 is constructed of for the most part. It is these bandbox arenas these small towns, it's the only show in town, pretty much aside from TCU, where you're going in, there's nothing else, and it'll get loud in every single one of those arenas because they all care immensely. And Houston has gone out and has taken care of business. Uh, Houston's going to lose today. I, I think so, too. Go into the fog. Like This is... This is the thing with college basketball, too. I wish Potsy were here, to because I know he's, he's Kansas buzzing right now. He said Not the, that I don't love you, Jake. I saw you peek your head up. 8.45 this morning, before we even got on the air, Potsy texted us and said, I'm shaking right now. He's this buzzing. game doesn't yeah. tip for a few hours. He's in Boston. He's, is he a bad guy for this? All right, he's out in Boston for his anniversary. And he texted us saying, I'm making my girlfriend leave the library early. So we can go to a bar and watch some Kansas hoops. No, I think that's fine. I think so too. I would do the same thing. Yeah. I've done that's, the same thing. This is thing. a big, big game. My wife big and I. Game. Um, when we started dating, and it was right before she went on this trip. She was a study abroad in Ireland, and before she left, we did a weekend here before we lived here, mm-hmm. and we got a hotel, the whole thing, and we're going and doing stuff. And I told her it was an NFL playoff game. And I told her, we have to be done whatever we're doing by this time so we can get back to the hotel so I can watch the game. It's, that's what you got to do. That's life. That's, yeah. Welcome, welcome to, to the football life. That, and, and I had the same situation a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and you managed and I, to make it work. I overcame. I overcame it all. You overcame I, extreme I, adversity. Yes. <laughs> and and I, you came out on top. I found a way to watch the game. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. You also have a thought on rivalries you want to get to. We'll do a little bit of that, and we'll take some of your calls when we come back as well. Tyler Rocky, Shane Norling, talking football, talking basketball, talking everything with you on ESPN One Thousand. This is Tyler and Shay on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Well, welcome back to Tyler Rocky and Shay Norling. We're back on ESPN Chicago. Tyler Rocky and Shay Norling with you here on ESPN 1000. 
go to the phones. 312-332-3776. Matt is in Arlington Heights. What's up, Matt? Hi. Good morning, guys. Uh, just wanted to talk about the Bears situation real quickly and the stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, as a resident of Arlington Heights, it's terribly disappointing to hear it. Um, personally, I think the Bears are just being cheap. You know, at the end of the day, I know they have a feeling on the valuation of the property, but guess what? Is a property owner myself, a homeowner, when you get the valuation on a property, you can only appeal so far. So the Bears, they have money in the coffers to develop that land. They're just being cheap. I have a feeling, you know, if they develop a stadium down in the city, they're probably going to go build something, but it's not going to be anything to the potential and the long-term potential, revenue potential in Arlington Heights. Um, and, you know, and along those lines, too, it's just one of those things that, you know, the Bears, they need to they need to start bucking up and start playing like a, a big-time franchise owner like they should be. This is uh, – it's just it's just one of those things that's going to be, I think, a, a big regret on the Bears' behalf to me if they stay in the city versus trying to develop what they're going to do in Arlington Heights. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Here's I my like them downtown. I would prefer it downtown if you could do it right. Like, Soldier Field is the biggest nightmare in the city to get to. And if you did it right in downtown, I think guaranteed rate field's done right. Wrigley Field's done right. I think the United Center, you could offer a little bit more public transportation, which the, I think I believe they're doing. I believe yeah. a green line is opening There's up. There's a new station going on. Uh, opening up there in the spring, I want to say. Because it's a long walk from where from the green Ashland, line is yeah. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's like... What three quarters of a mile? I yeah. think, it's, and it's the same deal with Soldier Field. You get get off the red line at Roosevelt. You're hoofing. You're, ho- but like, here's the thing about about going to Soldier Field when you get off the red line there. And, and I think uh, the 78 too, where the Sox are looking at right now, like that, that's perfect. Like that is right off the train. Everyone's happy. Probably will need to develop some traffic patterns around there, but you'll get there when you get there. The Bears, like, when you get off at Roosevelt and walk to Soldier Field, you are going every which way. Like, it is like a trek to Narnia. There is no, you can't walk straight to the stadium. Even if you could walk straight to the stadium, it'd still be a nightmare. But the fact that you can't do that and you're on a, an indie car track, it feels like, like, that is the, the biggest sham of it all. And listen, I, quite frankly, I don't really care about the stadium all that much it I, it doesn't really impact my going to games appeal i i right now to me i know for the bears the stadium is top of mind and one of the biggest things on their priority list but as a bears fan i don't have the juice for the stadium that maybe other fans do just put a good team in it and people go yeah here's the question from what's the bigger problem with soldier field is it that it's a nightmare to get to and from or is it that once you're there, kind of sucks? Um, I don't mind Soldier Field. Well, it's just it's it's, so cramped. It's cramped, yes, for sure. Like, I remember I was leaving a game a couple years ago, and it was just, it was just like, you felt like you were in a college bar, shoulder to shoulder with people trying to get out of the stadium, and there was no space. Like, you could not move. You just had to go with the flow, and you were packed in like sardines. If you have an upper bowl ticket in Soldier Field, best of luck on the concourse. I, that thing's a disaster. I don't think it matters either way. And I don't know why they narrow. It's so narrow. It's so narrow. It makes no sense 
when you're walking around the upper bowl, south end zone, and you've got all the way out to where the old seats used to be, and you can literally see the old seats, and for some reason, they cut the concourse like 30 feet short. And you're just packed in like a sardine, trying to work your way through so you can go to the bathroom. God help you if you can find the line. Like, to me, going and getting out of there is a pain. But if it were nice, I wouldn't care. Yeah, I think the thing with Soldier Field, like, what I would want in a new Soldier Field, whether it's in the city, whether it's in the burbs, quite frankly, it doesn't matter to me all that much. But, A, it needs a roof. And B, you just got to be able to get in and out. You yeah. got to be able to get in and out. Like that—that that is all Bears fans want right now. I—I I don't care if it's down here. I don't care if it's in Arlington Heights. If it's in Naperville, I don't care where they put a stadium. I just want it to be a good experience when I go there. All the other arenas in town are fantastic. Sox game, Cubs game, Bulls, Blackhawks. It's amazing but the bears are the one that ones that can't get it right right now i will say like i'm somebody who thinks guaranteed rate lacks a lot in charm lacks a lot in character but as like fan service amenities go world class yeah the food's fantastic the ability to get up out of your seat get food is fantastic mm-hmm. the ability to get to and from the stadium is fantastic Wrigley's Wrigley. Everybody knows. Yeah. It's not, and United Center, again, world class. The United Center is my favorite venue in the city. World class. Yes. Which is, it's amazing how that building is, I believe, 30 years old now? And still top of the line. Yeah. That is an incredible arena. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's one of those things where you look at all the different, like a lot of the stadiums, like, oh, you need to be close for it to be a great seat. United Center. I think they're all pretty great. Yeah, the sight lines are fantastic. Especially, like, my favorite place in the entire city to watch a game is the 200 level at the United Center. It's fantastic. It's, it's, and I'm not talking about the the suites. I'm talking about, like, the the, the seats in the 200 level at the United Center. The absolute best place to watch a game in the entire city. 312-332-3776. Pete is in Bloomingdale. What's going on, Pete? Hey, thanks for letting me chime in, guys. How you doing? Good. What's going on? So I've been to a couple different stadiums, um, NFL stadiums, and, you know, Soldier Field, I feel like, doesn't have a true home field advantage. Forget, I mean, I understand the fans are there, but when it comes to, like, pyrotechnics and the sound system and the distraction that you can actually cause the opposing team, I mean, dude, I was at AT&T Stadium uh, a couple weeks ago for the Dallas Green Bay game for my first time. Who won? And I understand that's a... Uh, obviously, the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, it was, great home it field quiet, advantage there. It huh? was a quiet stadium. <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm just saying, like, dude, the sound system, the the ambiance, it's a different level. Soldier Field is so old-fashioned, and there is no advantage. I think I was always complaining about the pyrotechnics and the sound and distracting the quarterback. I think they're – their uh, mic uh, turns off at 15 seconds or whatever it is in their helmet. And there was never, like, you know, sound or bass or just distractions. And I didn't, I don't think it started really until Nagy came in, and I think it was 18, where I was, because I was complaining about it for years. A little third uh, down noise for friends. you, Pete? You like that? What's that? You like the, the third down noise? 
every down noise. You go to AT&T Stadium, it's every down noise. I mean, forget about their 80-yard big screen on their jumbotron that's constantly keeping the fans in it. At Soldier Field, you have like a, 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 you know, 40-foot screen on each side of the stadium, and the sound systems don't even compare. So I I hope we get a new stadium that, yeah. Pete, I would just say... As long as the team is good, that stuff will come. Like, I was at Ford Field for a playoff game, Lions, Buccaneers, and they do all the cool stuff. They've got the pyrotechnics. It's a dome, so between quarters and sometimes in TV timeouts, they'll shut the lights off and do some hype show that gets the fans really going. Place was an absolute snake pit. I mean, that was the lo- one of the loudest games in NFL history and the loudest game I've ever been to in my life. That's at Ford Field, which I've been vocal is a dump. They made it appear world-class. I was like very proud that they were able to do it. But I think the biggest thing, again, is if the team is good, you will have a home field advantage. Did they change anything, or did it just feel world-class from the last time that you went? It's not like they did big, major renovations, but... Like, you know, they used to not have the team branding tarps over the sideline walls. And it was just that awful brown padding. Mm-hmm. Looked terrible. Now they've got all the branding. So it's like all Honolulu Blue Lions. And it looks more like other stadiums look. Uh, I think they changed the turf. The lighting felt a little bit different. It it used to look like kind of fluorescent, like you're in an office building. Okay. Now it felt more like we're in an NFL stadium. It just, it felt world class. The presentation of it all felt like this actually looks good instead of in the past where I thought it was a, just a disaster of a stadium. All right. Three, one, and two. I still don't think it's great. Yeah. Just the on-field presentation was better. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest part of that is if the team is good, the on-field presentation automatically becomes better, which is the point that I'm making. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to join us here, Shay has a rivalry take that he thinks will piss me off. We'll discuss when we come back. This is Tyler and Shay on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Welcome back to Tyler Rocky and Shay Norley. We're back on ESPN Chicago. There's a major disservice being done right now. ESPN is... Oh, wow. ESPN has game day down in Chapel Hill today for Duke UNC. Great atmosphere. My favorite rivalry in all of sports is Duke Carolina. And you employ J.J. Redick, and he is not there on your desk. It's a miss. This take, I, I know he, he, doesn't, he dabbles more in the NBA than anything else right now. But the fact that he is not on the desk for Duke Carolina is a total miss. This take I have is going to make you mad. What do we got? I threw this out yesterday upstairs with some of our salespeople, and they were upset with me. Uh, I I developed this while I was watching Celtics-Lakers earlier this week, and with Duke-UNC on the horizon. What a disaster that was, by the way. Celtics-Lakers? Yeah. Just the Celtics mailed it in. They're ready for the All Star break. And LeBron and AD didn't play. I turned it off after one quarter of watching because if I have to look at effort like that, then I know it's going to happen, and I'm not interested. I don't have to waste the remaining two hours of my life there watching 
a team not try in a game that should be top billing, like Celtics-Lakers, this is not oh, go back to 1980. No, like always it's been must-see television. It's been Yankees-Red Sox, Duke-UNC, Celtics-Lakers, Ravens-Steelers. Here's my issue. I think we're at a point in sports where the only rivalries that are still real are in the NFL. I don't think any of these rivalries are what they were anymore. Really? I would even say the NFL ones are pretty watered down, too. I think because division games are so important and because roster turnover at premium positions with good players is exceedingly rare, the NFL rivalries, like the hate, can still breed. I Guys d- that get drafted by the Ravens and are good, typically going to stay with the Ravens. Yeah. They will hate the Steelers. I, I'll buy into that. Like 75%. I do think a lot of the college rivalries are dead. This one? This dead. one is, No, this is not dead. dead. Well, I, how I, is Duke Carolina dead? I don't buy that it's real anymore. It'll never be like you it was. You go to any restaurants in Chapel Hill on Franklin Street. You walk into the urinal, there's a picture of Coach K that you're pissing on. But this isn't like the fan deal for me. Like this, The fans can still have the hatred. The fans can still have that blood. That's. I'm talking on the floor. It'll never be the way it was when it was like Psycho T going at Duke twice a year. Because the one-and-done mentality in college basketball has so taken over. I don't like but You're going to try, try of, to sell me that Zion and R.J. Barrett and Reddish really cared about the Duke-UNC I rivalry? I think they did. I, like, and I think Zion wanted to go back. But they wouldn't let him. They wouldn't let him back in the doors there. I, I look at, I think this one, Carolina-Duke, is still legitimate. And I think, like, Michigan, Michigan State is still legitimate. See, I don't. What about Michigan and Ohio State? I I think that one's very legitimate. But playoff expansion is going to kill it. Because last year, Michigan, Ohio State, banger. Absolute. But what if they meet up in the playoff? Well, then you. But the circumstance of it has to add up that Michigan's going to play Ohio State in the playoff. And then you've got gold. But Mm -hmm. if. What happened last year happens this year. You're both already in the playoffs. Nobody cares. I do think realignment has killed a lot of it. Like Kansas, Mizzou, they don't even play anymore. Right. Like, like my Syracuse's biggest rival was Georgetown. That rivalry is dead. And, and I know the locals are w- there would chirp back at me on that. That rivalry is beyond dead. And especially because Georgetown as a program has floundered. Not that Syracuse is great, but at least we're not Georgetown. And you look at, like, the one thing I always point to, too, is a couple years ago, you had a Syracuse player tweet out a picture of a Georgetown guy, and it was, it said, go follow my bro, Jagan Mosley. Yeah. Good guard, Jersey guy, and, and, uh, and plays for Georgetown. It's like, dude, you don't understand this. You don't understand what you got into here. And part of it is because he probably didn't realize that Syracuse Georgetown was this big thing because they weren't in the same conference anymore. Maybe didn't grow up loving the Big East or anything like that. Grew up in a different era of fandom. Big Monday probably didn't mean as much to him. Everything was different. And I think that is that the splitting of conferences, and we're going to see it with realignment now is going to crush a lot of these. Well, it's not just the splitting of conferences. It's not just realignment. It's not just playoff expansion. It's also the portal. Because I'm sorry. Like, yeah. 
the rivalry might be real for me as a fan. I will never not hate Michigan, ever. But I'm also going to live in the real world. Some kid that's transferring in from Oregon State grew up in Northern California or in Washington or wherever, got recruited, grew up a Pac-12 fan, watching Pac-12 football, goes to Oregon State. Now he's transferring to Michigan State. You're not going to hate Michigan. It's not going to be in your blood. And I think like as college sports and the transfer portal continues to grow, that's going to be a lot more players, kids transferring into a place like Duke, that understand what the rivalry is, but they didn't grow up with it. It's not in their blood. That's why I think this Duke-UNC rivalry is still there, because you look at it, you've got Carolina players that have been there for a while. You've got a couple four-year guys that are significant impact guys. Running back a team. Running back a team that went to the national championship. Running back a team that knocked Coach K off his perch. Like, all of that is there. They didn't do it once. They did it twice. They bounced him in the Final Four, and they, they, they ended his, his career at Cameron. Like, all of it. They did that. Yeah, and there's the hatred there. You have Duke players. Tyrese Proctor, second season, been around. Kyle Filipowski, second season. Like, there's a few of those guys there that came back, despite the fact that they maybe could have been first-round picks. I just, I feel like we're never going to get back to the absolute four-year bloodbath that it was in the Hansborough era. When, like, you had four-year players on both sides, seniors stayed, guys cared about it, they grew up with it, it was in their blood. Like, Tyrese Proctor, I get it, second-year player, been around, he's got some bad blood. Mm -hmm. But North Carolina sucked last year, and frankly, you're from Australia. Do I really feel (laughs) like you grew up bleeding Duke-UNC? Not that there's anything wrong with being from there. Like, that could happen at any point. It's just... I feel like in college sports, it's such a transplant sport now. And fr- this is why in the NBA, like Celtics-Lakers doesn't exist anymore. No. Why? Because the players can play for either team. Rondo went to the Lakers. Yeah. It's, it was, he, he was a guy, candidate to have his number retired in Boston, goes to the Lakers. That would have never happened. Now it's a player mobility. Everybody's going everywhere. Baseball, don't even get me started. Can you imagine in, like, 1980 if Johnny Damon went to the Yankees? They would have murdered him. Yeah. I will say, I do think the the rivalries among fans are alive and well in baseball. Like At Baseball, I feel, is, it's the most dead of all. I mean, maybe maybe I'm the outlier here, but I literally went up to a Brewers playoff game to root against the Brewers. I the Cubs weren't in the game, but I just disliked the Brewers so much. I went up to the game just so I could root against them. That I I, I respect the level of hatred. <laughs> that, that, I like, respect the hater level. That that to me that like I, I feel like the fans are still eh, and I do think rivalries are made mostly for the fans too. Like sure, the players used to hate each other a lot more. Now they're jersey swapping after, and I have no problem with jersey swapping. No, I don't like I, I actually think it's pretty cool. But I do think like the Cubs Cardinals matters for fans, right? Like Cubs fans mm-hmm. live and die by that game. Mm-hmm. But the NFL is the one sport that feels a little different. Where like I if you get say, drafted by the Bears, you know you have to hate the Packers. I know you do, but then you have a coach who came in and has publicly said, "Oh, we don't." 
put any more weight on this game than any other. Yeah, but I feel like it's still not true. Because also, Justin Fields got drafted and said, I hate, I hate Green Bay, or I got to beat Green Bay, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I think players, there's an understanding when you get to the NFL, because divisional games are so important, you're going to see that team twice a year. Like, that's why Steelers-Ravens has survived. And Steelers and Ravens players hate each other. Here's what I would say about that, though. Does Joe Burrow hate the Steelers and the Ravens more? Like, does he want to beat the Steelers or the Ravens, or does he want to beat the Chiefs more? That's where I think, like, there will always be... Too player-driven. That's a good point, too. I, I told that to a buddy of mine. Like, they've become very player-centric. It's Mahomes mm-hmm. versus Allen. It's LeBron versus Curry. Right. It was Peyton versus Brady. It was never Colts-Patriots. It was Brady-Peyton. Now it's never Bills-Chiefs. Oh, a little bit. But it's Mahomes and Allen. Yeah. Which is odd. Why is that the one that stands out? Like, Mahomes versus Allen, I would say. That's is the, hammer nail. It's That's the, like the Bears-Packers right. of, <laughs> of quarterback rivalries. But I, am I wrong? It's billed as, and it's treated as, and look, you moved an anniversary dinner to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think for an NFL audience, Mahomes versus Allen is the premier quarterback rivalry right now because the games have all been good. But the real quarterback rivalry is Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Yes. No, I, I do think you're correct. Actually, no. I do think that the Mahomes-Burrow, I think if you if you explain it to people and they start to think about it a little bit, they'll side with that, that Mahomes versus Burrow is the premier quarterback rivalry. And it's probably, too, some recency bias kicking in, the fact that Burrow didn't play this year yeah, the in the Bur- playoffs. Right, so, we didn't have an option to get Burrow Mahomes. Right. It, it wasn't in the cards, but like you had Burrow head. You had the mayor of Cincinnati being a dweeb on some CCTV. Um, you had... Um, also, you he was had, chirping, too, after they yeah, won. Yeah, you've got, all, you've got the, the teammates getting into it as well. Like All of that stuff is important, and I think that has fueled that rivalry. But I agree with you, like... Mahomes and Allen have produced great games. Allen hasn't won anything of significance in that rivalry. Yeah, he's always just coming up short at the end in the playoff game. And it's like epic losses that he suffers. Whereas Burrowhead, I don't think, has received the treatment that it deserves in NFL lore. I think it's because because of what, like, if, if since he had to go back into Arrowhead this year for a playoff game, it just resurfaces. True. I just feel like Okay, perfect example. I think Mahomes is going to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. If he wins the Super Bowl, he's etched into Mount Rushmore officially. Look, I think he's already the best quarterback who's ever played. The second half of his career would have to be an utter dumpster fire for him to not exceed Tom Brady. He's better than Brady. He could retire before this Super Bowl. He could say, you know what, I'm not. I'm out, I'm not playing the Super Bowl. And if people didn't hold that against him, he'd be a Hall of Famer. He might not need to get to 40 years old to win seven rings. Like this, yeah. I, we've never seen anything like it. I think he's the best that's ever played. I think he might be the greatest. But my point is, if he wins this Super Bowl, he gets etched onto the Mount Rushmore. Joe Burrow went into his crib and aced him out. Yeah, That's like... That deserves a spot in NFL lore that I don't think a lot of people have given it. I just think, when I always think back to that game, though, halftime, Chiefs are up big, if I'm remembering correctly. Remember, at halftime, they went for it on the goal line, and they ended up losing the game. Mm -hmm. But 
That was more, to me, that game just felt like, oh, Chiefs took their foot off the gas. They kind of got lackadaisical, and then all of a sudden they kind of got sneak attacked by the Bengals late. Like, yeah, the Bengals won. All the credit to them. But I, I just have a hard time believing, like, that is a Joe Burrow big-time win over Mahomes. Like, I feel like Mahomes was the better player. He just, he kind of got, like, overconfident and overcocky. Not, that was, because it wasn't an Andy Reid go-for-it moment on the goal line. It was Mahomes saying, no, 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 keep the field goal unit. We're doing this. And then they didn't get the touchdown. Yeah, it almost felt like they didn't care that they lost that one, too. Like, I'm sure it stings, but, like, in the grand scheme of things, that may have been a lose the battle, win the war. Yeah. Like, I think, I do think we're going to see... Mahomes get the better of Joe Burrows for a significantly long time period. Going out on a limb. Mahomes is going to get the better of most quarterbacks forever. But Joe Burrows the one that if people really like talk about it, like Joe Burrows the one that people say, "Oh, like those guys are going to go head to head and it'll be like 50-50." Yeah. So, all right, when we come back, we will craft our parlay for the day. That's coming up next. Tyler Aki, Shane Norling on ESPN 1000. This is Tyler and Shay on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Welcome back to Tyler Rocky and Shay Norling. We're back on ESPN Chicago. Thank you to Jake Cantu for producing today's show. We will be back next week, 9 to 11 a.m. right here on ESPN 1000. Getting you ready for the Super Bowl. We're in the final run now. I pre-grieved football. That's such a weird thing. You pre-grieve things? I, football. I accepted football's over this week, so now I'm done. I've already gone through the week of depression. Then I won't have the hangover after the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl then becomes like a little treat. Oh, my God. Bonus football. It's good. What a terrible way to look at things. No, it's good because if I don't breathe. Well, you're just, just going to blank the fact that, oh, the Super Bowl is coming up in a week. Huh? No, Super it's Bowl's not. That, like, obviously, oh. I know it's coming up, but it's you, just you the. The Super Bowl is bonus football, like it's overtime or something. Yeah, instead of the hangover that you typically get, we get the Super Bowl. Well, I could go. We got one game left. I'm so excited. Or I could pre-grieve and say football's already over, and now I've been through all of that already. I get the Super Bowl, and then I have no hangover. I'm all good. Pivot right into college basketball, right into baseball, and then come July, I'll be like a, I'll be like a panhandler. Football, give me some football. Okay, what? what? Looking for film. What is? Have you done this before? No, this was the first year. This is not going to end well for you. I know. Like, what does that mean? Like, you're going to get to after the Super Bowl, and then you're just going to double grieve. No, I'm fine. I already accepted it. You're going to double grieve. Now I get I get bonus football next Sunday. And I'll move on. I'm good. There's no way. This week was hell. I I I, may, I decided to make this week hell. You were so down bad. You tweeted out the books that you were going to read this week. That's not being down bad. You were down no, bad. No, I'm looking for ways to occupy you my were time. Football down no. bad for the past four months. I've had eight hours of my Sundays booked. Now I got to figure out what I'm going to do with those eight hours. So you're going to become an intellect. I already am. Join a book club. (laughs) I dare you to tell your wife that you're an intellect. I'm just, she knows. I'm just (laughs) filling my time now.
I'm you replacing football. You let her know every day, Mr. Fig Jam. Yeah, just ask me. I'm an intellect. <laughs> just ask me. All right, let's get to our parlay for the day. Where are you going for leg number one, my friend? I am going to go with Oklahoma State at home, taking on Kansas State. It's a system play for me. You got a good team in Kansas State going against a team with a bad record in Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State's only getting two points. You look at that spread, you go, huh? Kansas State, and I only got a lay mm-hmm. two? Yeah. Mousetrap. I'm taking the home team. College basketball, road games are impossible. Uh, give me the Cowboys. Yeah. I'm going to also take a narrow home spread. Actually, I'm going to take the money line. Keep your points. Oh. We're going to the fog. And K-U. we are taking the Kansas Jayhawks. Keep your points. It's only one and a half of them. Justin Pottinger, them. the number one Kansas fan in the city, he's going to be thrilled by that. Since Pottinger couldn't right be now. here, he, he was shaking this morning. The- shaking out of excitement. like he, he had Iowa State fear. He feared going into Hilton last week. And he was shaken for different reasons. Because he was scared. This He's like shaking with... He knows Excited. what's happening. He knows today. what's going on. He knows what's going down today. I'm happy for Justin Pottinger, who is, to be clear, the biggest Kansas basketball fan at the station. That'll uh... can too. All right, with that, I will take because I don't bet basketball, college basketball. So, when in doubt, right? Oklahoma usually beats UCF, usually, right? And in, in football, oh boy. is that is that the is that usually what happens? Take so the, they, they take must do it in basketball, take right? Take the Knights. <laughs> take so we're the taking. The Knights plus 100, yeah. UCF. Oh, fading your team, Fading Jake. the team here. All right. Head your life. All I right. love it. So we've got a bunch of narrow games here. We've got um, Oklahoma State. We've got Kansas. And we have the UCF Knights today. That's the parlay there. Let's, so. You know what? Let's just money line all of them. Oklahoma State money line, UCF money line, Kansas money line. No fight from me. Three-way all-dog money line. Look at that. We're going to make you some money. Yeah, let's do it. All right, I like that. Put it in together. We'll we'll whip up the odds. We'll tweet that out for you as well. Um, Peggy and Dion are coming up next. We have a lot of things we didn't get to today. Um, I have an am I the a hole that I need to to run by you, and you have uh, something on, about social media that you wanted to get to too. We'll yeah. do that next week. Yeah, and we'll preview the Super Bowl for We've you as leftovers. well. We've got plenty to get to next week. We'll do all that. Thank you all for listening. Peggy and Dion coming up next here on ESPN 1000. This is Tyler and Shay on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago.